Hi, and thank you for tuning in. You know, I don't know anybody doesn't have a hard time understanding what leadership is about. It has changed in the 21st century. And because it has changed, you know, there's not a lot of information out there that pulls it all together so that you have the steps you need to be the best leader that you can. Leadership is all about influence. And this podcast is about helping you understand how to influence others and to build the collaborative team that provides you the inclusive, high-performing workplace that you are looking for. Whether this is the first job you've had as a leader, whether you're an individual contributor, or you've been in leadership for 30 years, there is something for you on this particular podcast. It's called Remarkable Leadership Lessons, shared by Denise Cooper and her friends. And if you like, you can always go over to my website and pick up other gems that will help you become a remarkable leader. At the beginning of the year, we all made plans. And whether you're in business or in your life, we made plans that this year uh, was going to be better than last year. I mean, that's kind of the goal we all have, whether we wish it into place or we you know, actually write plans to make it happen, all of those things. But do you ever stop and look back to say what actually did happen? How can I make the rest of the time to either course correct and get back on track or do more of or do less of? Well, today we're going to talk about um, strategic innovation in particular. Um, And it's not just for companies. I want you to think about this in terms of how you think about your life, because if you can apply it to your life, then you'll be better at your job. Today, it's um, the dynamic duel of Pam Brooks Richardson and myself. Every month, she gives me time, uh, 30 to 40 to 50 minutes of her time to share perspectives. And we have a general conversation. So this is your opportunity to sit back, listen to some remarkable leadership lessons. If for those of you who are new to this, Pam is is known for her passion for people and facilitating positive change for anyone in need but has an open mind. She enjoys being an executive coach and helping people discover their strengths to make life transformation. Where she makes her money, as we say, is she helped design and run several leadership programs at Arizona State University and continues to help organizations with executive staffing and team building, but primarily leadership teams she's working with so that they understand this idea of not just how to create plans, but a strategic plan, but to go through the process of strategic thinking, strategic planning, and strategic implementation. And that's what we're going to talk about today, whether it's your life or it's your business. How do you use the skills of strategic innovation to avoid that what you're really doing is strategic guessing? Hey, Denise, good to be back. So excited to have this fun conversation with you today. Great, great, great. So you know what? Some people, this may be their first podcast um, with me, and you can go back because I've talked about strategic implementation, strategic planning before. Let's start with define this whole thing called strategic innovation in particular. Well, when, when we try to dive down, obviously being strategic is, is a thinking process, so to speak, on the, on the beginning end of it. 
Um, we're supposed to analyze complex situations. We're trying to look at future outcomes and obviously trying to create plans. Like we see something we want to have happen and we want to plan from point A to point B. Um, we have to incorporate lots of different factors, market trends, risks. And if we're thinking about ourselves and we're thinking about our life, it's that are we stuck in a rut? Is there something else we want? Is there something else we want to bring into our world? And then what does that take? Do I need classes? Do I need training? What else is going on? And through that, there's also that state of um, tension and conflict. Mm-hmm. Because to get to a new point, we have to give up something of where we're at. And that that is always that risk factor, that uncomfortable potential conflict. We also, from the innovative side of strategic innovation, is that ability just to think out of the box for a while. So they talk about this divergent convergent thinking and to really get into kind of the strategy, we have to get out of our bubble. We have to think big, broad. And then after we come up with the ideas, then we narrow them mm-hmm. down to, you know, based on criteria, what is most useful, what's most helpful so that we can see those things. But it is a process that helps us, if you will, get out of our own way and out of our own mind to be able to look at things and then evaluate them without going, oh, I can't do that, or that's going to be too difficult, or whatever. We just have to put a lot out and then narrow that field back down again. So if I hear you right, if we're doing it on a business plus side, then you're talking about looking out over the next two or three years and looking and see what money markets are going to do, what customer supply chain might potentially do, what how the customer's um, taste and desires might change. But on the personal side, it would be looking out and saying, where am I at now? How am I going to use my skills to meet what success looks like for me? And when I say success or remarkable, the best life that you want to live, it's really understanding what does that mean to you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it's one where if I'm in a particular job and I can kind of get a sense that that job may be going away or that there are trends even within my career that I want to expand into, mm-hmm. it's, it's being aware of those. So you have to know your own skill sets, your, your, your abilities, but then you also have to get into your passion and what do you desire? Because, you know, even though I'm good at something doesn't mean I like it. Right. So how do we create the transitions in our world or the opportunities in our world to expand more on the things that we want to be involved in. And it takes time to reflect. And I think that's the other part, you know, coming out of COVID, we've had all this like, okay, we're going to be home. We're not going to be home. We're going to, and we're so reactive that we're not being proactive. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, you know, yeah, we're midway through the year. That was a great thing going, what was your new year's resolution? Did they actually exist? Mm-hmm. The reality is we have to do this periodically in business. We need to do it periodically in our lives. We need to do it periodically in our relationships just to take that moment to step back and go, where are we? And so the stepping back is the divergent part and thinking about where am I at? Where do I want to be? How far am I from it? What might get in the way of yep. me getting from here today or what things, what challenges I might come up with? So I might have a child. They're now five years old, six years old. Oh, the challenge might be finding part-time daycare for the next year. It may be, how am I going to, you know, travel and uh, watch my child? Or it could be, I see that AI is going to take parts of my job away or impact my job. 
So let me see what I need to do to make sure that I'm relevant in the future. Yes, absolutely. And and it's not something sometimes we even do in isolation. I mean, we had a great opportunity to take part in the journey of facilitation. And there are times, whether it's a group of friends, a good coach, you know, I mean, Brene, well, hail, we should have a therapist and a coach. We should have both. Um, or Or to be a part of a think tank where we just have that opportunity to get exposed to different ideas and that ability to generate new ideas and build off of things that we sometimes even hear from others. I think that's one of the the greatest things as we move into this new era is that ability to create that space, especially if you're working from home like I am now. And sometimes I just go, oh, I'm, I'm in my castle on the hill and I don't talk to anybody. So how do I now create that connection and and whether it's in a workplace where I now need to do different kind of networking to get that or outside of that to create space it's it's looking for those opportunities where we can expose ourselves to stuff to keep ourselves fresh to keep ourselves looking at what's down the road and excited yeah. too that in reality it's that's that other part of <laughs> you know we have the quandrum of wanting new but liking the old and at the same token so we need that excitement we need that something we need that that future look, and we have to make the space to do it. Right, right. Except if you're an introvert like I am, you know, um, being in my castle, the lovely thing. <laughs> Having to go out there and interact with people. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So we have a decent idea of what strategic innovation, which is really about thinking about how are things going to change in terms of going forward. Let's talk about the different parts of it and how do you how do you walk through it? What's the journey through this time of, of pausing in your life to really think about um, how is my business running? How am I doing? How's my family doing? Um, how are my friends doing? Whatever it is that you're looking at and moving forward. So what would be the first part or the first things that I need to consider? A lot of it is to break down some of those things that you're talking about individually and look at those. So what's my physical state? What's my spiritual state? What's my mental state? Um, Where am I at with work in terms of strengths and limits? I think um, one of the things we both advocate for is the use of assessments. Mm -hmm. And I was recently working with a very large international company and I assessed them not quite a year ago, and then going into the summer. And I was looking just at their thinking, both internal and external, their processing from the the judgment compass. And it was amazing because they have had some very dramatic things happen to see the shifts in how they were processing information and then Mm -hmm. giving them that moment to go like a video camera watching an athlete, right? Oh, wow. Uh, This new awareness of this is God, yes, that's what I'm doing. And on the one hand, how is that creating strength? But on the other hand of going, one of them was like, I've just been so insular. Like I I didn't recognize at this moment. This just woke me up and said, I need to do something different because even though that adaptation helped me get through a very difficult time, I need to get back to who I am and yeah. to incorporate some of those things again that I've been missing. Yeah, and that's always a tough one is when you look up, you think, You've been doing what you're good at so long, and it's allowed you to be successful. And then one day you wake up and say, you know what? I really don't love this. And who am I in this process? And oftentimes it happens whether it's a business or it's an individual. A business will suddenly figure out that, wow, we've been 
you know, a chemical lawn treatment company for so long, but we really haven't thought about how else could we help our customers. Well, it's the same process for us. What have we been? I heard a great question the other day. Who are you when you're uninterrupted? So if you didn't have any interruptions, people telling you what you should be, tell it, you know, the market saying who you should be, who would you be? How would you express what that is? What does that look like? And that's that convergent thinking you were talking about before, right? Yep. That ability to to branch out, look out, and then to to bring it back into those things. And sometimes it's taking a moment just to look back at where you felt success. Where did you feel good about what you were doing? And that's no different than a company looking at where did we actually make money? What were where were we successful? And what were we doing in those things? Um, how can we recreate that type of success? And again, it's just that we're creatures of habit and our brain will actually rather go to routine than to do deep thinking and, and to process. And yet it's when we take those times to go into deeper thinking and process that we have our aha moments where we start to gain new understanding of something or can take that perspective from you know a different angle and look at things. So the big part is to be able to take that something and and take the time to look at things and i think you started out by talking about there's the 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 first part of strategic thinking which is the thinking part of it but innovative strategic thinking is nothing without getting to the point of implementation and so the second part of that is when we've so to speak went large looked pulled back in and said okay from all of this these are the things that are most important is that ability then to go, if this is what we want to do, what's the first micro habit behavior step Mm -hmm. implementation that we need to move to, to start moving us in that direction? And then there's the second part of, okay, so I did it for a week, but what do I do two weeks from now? What do I do three weeks from now? (laughs) Right. And how do I re-engage myself? Yeah. How do we how do we stay engaged on it? How do we keep ourselves accountable to it? Um, you know, same- I think that's probably the hardest question for any of us to visit. Right. And that is the in January, we said we wanted to do X, Y, Z. We wanted to be this. We wanted our life to be this. We wanted our business to be this. And then we get to June, July and it's mid-year. And we're looking and we're saying, oh, I just got tickled again. It's time for me to look up, zoom out, and see where I am, and then to realize that you actually didn't execute on any of those plans. Or maybe you executed on some, but not others. Or you started and you didn't finish. Right. And I think the next question that people jump to is, oh, I got to start all over. Or as we also know, they jump to that, oh, God, I'm a failure. Oh, yeah. Why? If, if I were anything, I would have been able to do it X, Y, Z. And then that puts us down a rabbit hole of even worse performance. <laughs> yes, that inner critic takes off, yes. which reinforces why I get out of my comfort zone, stay in my success piece, what I do really well, even if I don't like it. It supplies this, it keeps my kids afloat, it keeps my household afloat, I make enough money, I don't make enough money. But you know what? I know where I am and who I am right now in this process. Oh, yeah, we're taking a break here. Mainly because, you know, the point of this podcast is I want you to do better. It's that simple. 
Whatever it is that you want to be, you want to be a better business leader, you want to be a better executive, you want to be a better HR, IT, or, you know, finance person. It doesn't really matter if you want to be better at your job. How do you get to it? And we live in a state of times where companies are not really ponying up the money, the time, the incentive for you to keep your skills up to date, your ability to do. And as you heard in the podcast, we talk about the four things or kind of the two things that you have to have in place for you to be able to achieve the goals that you want for your life. They are the elements that Ken Robinson, um, before he died, is the person who put this together in his book, The Element. But it is about you have to have the attitude. So that's the mindset. What is your What are your limiting beliefs that are holding you back? What are the things that you actually believe on that are your strengths and move you forward versus your passion? And your passion is what is it that you absolutely love, would continue to do, whether you wanted to do it or not do it, if, whether you got paid or didn't get paid, excuse me. Passion keeps you moving forward. And it could be a passion about achieving something. It could be a passion about doing something. It could be a passion about being someone. Who are you being? But what is that action that is the center of your thinking, the center of your being? And who are you when you're uninterrupted? What would that be? But the other side of that is having the aptitude or skills necessary to move forward so that when the opportunity happens, because if you have the attitude and you have the passion, the opportunity will present itself. But will you be ready? So I. For a short period of time now, I am offering anybody the uh, Insight Summary uh, Judgment pack Panel, which will help you understand what your attitude is and what your passion is. And then you can take that to figure out what the opportunity is that you want to take hold of and manifest your, your desire, your definition of success. And then what do you need to do, the skills you need to build, so that you are ready to. And sometimes it's actually skills, but sometimes it's what's holding you back in your mental mental state, your mindfulness, those kinds of things. If you're interested in learning more about this, please click the link below in the show note. And now let's get back to our show. But this moment of reflection is important. And if we change our our belief system around that. It actually is just a check-in, right? It's it's an opportunity to do a recorrect. And it's not to look at everything you haven't done, but also to look at what you have done and, and what has been at least marginally or potentially successful. Or you started something and then you go, oh, well, this was something I hadn't anticipated. Okay. So now that you see that, what else can you do to course correct? And that's that's what it's going to take. I mean, I just... This morning, I was just reading this um, little quick thing from a friend that showed an author who got refused 66 times, denied 66 times on the same book, and then it became a bestseller. Mm. And so at that same token, if we don't make it in six months because we have this like, we need instant success, Mm -hmm. if it's something that we're passionate about, six months may not be the realistic be like, okay, we're not going to, you know, change the world that fast, but did I come closer to it? Did I discover something new? So it's also how, how are we telling ourselves a story around 
that check-in. Do we view it and label it as a failure? Do we view it and label the parts of what we learned as successes? And I'm that much closer to what it is that I want to do. And I think that's hard in our society because if we don't have instant success, it's failure, like that black and white thinking. And that's yeah. And when we talk about, and everybody talks about it, when I say we, you, me, everybody, if you read every book, they say the number one thing or one of the top five things you need to be able to do is ask yourself the questions. And I think sometimes what I find in my clients is they think good questions are questions that talk about where they want to go, how they're going to think about it, but they don't really reflect on the good questions of why am I here where I am? What do I need to do different? What got in the way of me succeeding? And to be able to look at that as part of the process and to pat themselves on the back that by doing that, they actually are better at their job, at their life, at achieving what it is that they want. And and asking good questions is going to challenge your comfort zone. Yes. And when we can get past the fear of potentially responding to those questions in not the, I've I've gotten an A in that category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get nitty gritty and go, yeah, no, that was a C minus in that area, but damn, I sure learned a lot going forward. And I know next time what I would do different, or I know I really need a little bit more of whatever training or something like that. Um, my my college coach always said, you got to get comfortable with discomfort. Mm-hmm. And until you do, you're never going to grow and succeed. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of had that in the back of my mind when things are uncomfortable. My coach is going, see, that's where you need to be. <laughs> And so we do, we have to watch that inner critic because we can, we can dive down, but it's that ability to lock arms. And I think that's the other thing about, you know, even if we're an introvert to have that close knit group of people or uh, one or two people that we can have those nitty gritty, honest conversations with and, and have that really good reflection is, is how we get better. Because on the, on the flip side, if we look back at moments in time in the past where we just go, oh, yes, that the perfect three seconds, it's it's after we worked really, really hard at something and we finally got it down and we saw it through to completion and we go, ooh, but we don't have those without that work getting there. Right. So we have to learn to also enjoy that work process to have that that moment of hey, my my strategic innovation has become reality. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I even, uh, you know, it's interesting because it said that it made me start thinking how many of us in January said that we're going to improve our mental health. We're not going to feel overwhelmed. We're not, we're going to avoid burnout, um, those kinds of things. And as I'm working with, particularly this one I have now, they said they wanted to be well-being and they wanted to, um, improve the mental health of the employees that they had. And now it's mid-year and we just kind of pause to, you know, kind of think about it because that's what we do, right? As facilitators, we make people pause. And I only ask one question. What are the things that if you only had one small step, one thing that you could do that would help you understand when you're coming to the edge, when your capacity to do more really is at that edge. And there were about 15 people in the room. And it was interesting because nine out of the 15 said, if we could honor how long it takes things to get done. Mm. And there was this whole discussion over 
meetings that take too long. We plan the meetings for one hour and then we have another meeting at another hour. And then we have a meeting, you know, we go from 11 to 12, there's a meeting, 12 to one, there's a meeting. And nobody plans and honors the fact that one, we probably could have had the meeting in 45 minutes if the meeting was even needed at all. But we didn't think about people have to go to the bathroom. For good, for me to get the best thinking, I have to be able to go to the bathroom. I have to be able to take water breaks. If I take water breaks, then I got to go to the bathroom. I've got to have, you know, I got to make sure my uh, energy levels are up. So a little energy bar is not enough. We need to have food, real food, not, oh, let's call Arby's in. Nothing wrong with Arby's. Nothing wrong with Taco Bell. Nothing wrong with Chick-fil-A. Love them in moderation. But to understand that if you bring those foods in, you're going to have people in a food coma at two o'clock. Yeah. And what was really interesting for me this last week, because I was running full day workshops, we got around to about the four o'clock hour and they, there's, you know, they get together quarterly. So they only see each other four times a year. Right. So these are like really crucial and really important. And in their head, they're going, this is really important. And I finished the one session and one of the executives was like, we just must not care about these things. And I looked at him like, what? I, I thought you did. Well, we, we all checked out. And I said, Ooh, I said, do you realize what time it was? It was 4.30. Mm-hmm. It was right before dinner. You've been going since eight o'clock in the morning. I said, your brain was at the end of the day. It had nothing to do with your ability, your desire, or anything else. That was normal. And so it's this other part of really understanding mm-hmm. that side of the physiology of things and knowing when do we put on our best thinking. So those are the prime times that we set things up. And that when we have later afternoon meetings or different things that we have to connect with, that we're not doing earth shattering things at that point. And yes. so it was interesting to me to hear, here's this person, brilliant executive for many years, beating themselves up over where their state was at the end of the day. And I was just like, no, that's that part of also being realistic. And as Brene has in her book, Atlas of the Heart, when she said the greatest thing is our unmet expectations are our greatest frustration. And so your whole idea of being more realistic or more understanding that things are probably going to take longer than they do will help reduce that tension, help reduce that frustration level so that you can stick with it longer and continue to do the little things to improve, to get better. And I think that's where the biggest part of the resistance comes from. Because that's the other inner critic, right? Or, and it may not be the biggest, but it certainly is one that the inner critic that's keep you in a safe zone can hold you on, hold on to. And that is, you should have been better. You're not as good as you want to. Somebody's going to find out you're not good enough to go the distance. Um, and that you should be able to pull out that last bit of energy if you're truly an elite athlete to get over the goal line. And it's a, and they're, they're apples to oranges. It's understanding that thinking about and planning and then reflecting is deep thinking and it takes time. You know, Kahneman says this is systems to thinking and our brain doesn't naturally appreciate systems to thinking. This pausing, this going deeper, reflecting on, learning how to move forward. And it's certainly as groups we don't appreciate that either. We don't appreciate, as you were saying, getting a couple people together to say, you know, this is kind of where I want to be. This is where I kind of want to 
think about how, what's the nuance, one tiny change that I could do, the micro behaviors, right? That would make me either think differently and be better because I think differently, or I can do something and I'll be better as an outcome of that. That's that's the core of it. And again, I think from the adage of what we've been saying from the beginning, it, it starts with increasing self-awareness. It starts with yeah. just taking that moment to take the time out, whether it's just you individually or you with another person. And I and I know, I, I think I mentioned with you, the, the artist way was a great one for me about a year ago because I was not taking time after my mom passed away. We, we both had that experience of grief in the last year. And sometimes we don't realize when events happen, how they affect us. And just taking that time to put words on paper and journal, and some of it was gibberish, and some of it started making sense. And then it was like, oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah. But I had to like train my brain back into that because I had through such a a traumatic thing like you that we have to then work that muscle of learning to think like that or having, you know, the workout plan that I'm just going to do a little bit every day of certain things versus going, okay, I'm going to make all the world decisions in an hour, or I'm going to make all my world decisions by the end of the week. No, it's not that it is a process Mm -hmm. and it is a repeat process again of checking back in and looking at and honing and fine-tuning and and that I think is the biggest part because like you know when they have interviewed multimillionaires or people that are super successful they go well, what was your ticket to success did you have this game plan did you and then it's like none of them will tell you that they had the ABC game plan yeah they just keep saying they went after something that they were passionate about and they weren't successful at first and they kept trying and they 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 pushed in different directions until they finally found that particular thing or or direction and or process that really got them to a breakthrough point. And most people on the outside looking in, they see the breakthrough point and go, oh, yeah. they're amazing. Look right. at this. They're like, da-da. And it's like, but they don't look at that like learning curve and all the work and everything that went underneath to get to that point of breakthrough. And I think that's the thing that we also have to keep in mind in this with strategic innovation is we can put that, you know, dream up there, but we need to realize it's going to take a process and it's going to take time of continuing to work and build and to follow those things are important to us till we reach that breakthrough point. Yeah. That's when aptitude meets opportunity. And if you haven't done the inner work um, and physical, mental um, and spiritual work to exercise or capture the idea of whatever the opportunity is, you miss out. And too often, you know, we think about if I had the right attitude and the right passion, I'm going to meet the opportunity. Well, no, it's aptitude so that you have the ability to seize the opportunity, but you've got to have the right mindset or attitude to continue to work through reflect back. So, and your passion, what you love to do, what you're so committed to delivering, being like living to it, it's what keeps you going through aptitude that's still building to get to where you want to be. And it's the same in the business. The only other thing I would say is, and I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting because the next time we talk, I'll have gone through this, is I've got a company and we're doing our mid-year check-in right now. 
And one of the things I decided was, is that because they work so much in a silo, I was going to have them as part of their check-in. Tell me how you trust each other. Is it differently than when we started in January? Because I haven't seen the behavior of working collaboratively show up. And that was one of the things they said they wanted. I will say that the group I worked with with this quarterly check-in, the big thing that they recognized was the difference because they actually had started doing the work since last time. And they Mm -hmm. said, wow, we just feel a difference this time Mm -hmm. compared to last time. And they had set some specific goals, which I made them write down about who in this group they're going to make contact with. And they didn't do it with everybody, but they just individuals made certain things. And it like night and day difference with just those little little things that happen. Yeah. And so the difference between working it and not working it, going back to and allowing your brain to take you back to the comfort zone versus I'm committed to getting out of my comfort zone, do things that I may not know how to do well. And I don't know, it's back to the strategic guessing. I don't have a crystal ball. Is this actually going to work? Oh, so here's some great ones I was reading. You know, the crazy research that people do. Um, One, the researchers wanted to know if people who had a positive mindset were open to opportunities or saw opportunities different than other people. And so they would do something to enhance, if you will, the positive mindset. And on one of the activities, it was literally reading through a newspaper and then they would be rewarded $25 if they could find the answer to something. Well, the people who were in a positive mindset, when they're reading it, would catch the line that said, go to the researcher and tell them you found this and get your $25. (laughs) The people who were not in a positive mindset missed the line in the newspaper. Like the people positive found it and it was just like this, you know, uh, well, there it is. And they, you know, boom, they, they got it. And so you're like, does our mental state affect us that much to leave us that open to the opportunity? Is it our passion, which comes across to other people that just ignites in something and then it creates the possibilities? Yes. The other one that was really interesting was incentive for creating interaction and and that positive state. And they Mm -hmm. did it with doctors. So they Mm -hmm. were trying to find ways because doctors always tend to be a little bit short. They cut people off after 11 seconds, yada, yada, you hear all of it. And then Mm -hmm. the, what do we do? And they found that if they incentivize doctors by saying, Hey, after you get done meeting the patient, you can have this piece of candy, something simple, like a piece of candy. It created a significant change in how that doctor was responding to the patient. And it wasn't monetary. It wasn't making more money. It wasn't this big success. It was a simple piece of candy to change the mindset. And so I think too, when we look at this, like we're strategic, we're going, we have to create the baby steps that we're willing to reward ourselves and that we know we have that incentive. So it's like knowing that we have a big vacation coming, or we have this something coming, or when we do start think that we're going to reward ourselves a certain way is almost as important as having that strategic, something that we're looking for. But we've got to remember to do those little reward things along the way. Otherwise the mountain looks ominous instead of, oh, I'm going to get from here to the end of that, you know, turn trail up there. And then then I'm like, I'm a step closer. Mm-hmm. So we also have to be good about the rewards that we give ourselves along the way and making sure that we're connecting with other people that also help us keep that positive mindset towards it. So just as a wrap up from this particular lesson of our discussion about strategic planning, thinking, strategic innovation, 
and avoid guessing, <laughs> which is interesting. Think about these couple things. One is you have to think deeply about it. Convergent thinking is what's all happening or potentially that could happen. Convergent action is, okay, so what can I do about it? And what does that mean for me over the next time frame, whatever that time frame is? The next thing is about putting the plan together, not just a plan on what you're going to do different or what you're going to achieve different, but how are you going to think differently? What is it that causes you to back off? Is it something really, really, really small where you allow the organization to schedule meetings every hour on the hour and that doesn't allow you to be healthy and to be mentally healthy during the day? So by just changing that one thing, you'll find yourself with more fuel, more success, and more trust in the organization. And then the last piece is, is that take some time frame to zoom in and zoom out so that you cannot just look at it as we didn't do, but as course corrections. So did that one small step over and over, those micro habits that you change actually lead you there? Do you need to adjust? Do you need to try and go to the next level? Is, are you ready? Is your organization ready to get to the next level? Those are all things that if you do the aptitude, the skill building, you have the right attitude that the inner critic is not going to overwhelm me and the passion to finish what you want. When the opportunity comes, you will not only get it, but everybody will be looking around saying, oh, my God, they're so lucky. I think the other big thing that really came from our discussion is that none of this happens in isolation. Oh, my God. Yeah. We need to collaborate. We need to help others. We need to help ourselves. And it's through those connections that we help each other build, grow, and celebrate. Small steps consistently done over time achieves that remarkable life that you are looking for. We're here every Thursday. I hope, to, I hope that you'll come back. And if you liked it, remember to click that subscribe button or add it to your podcast list and check in. Put a little timer on and say, you know, a, a to-do list. So I use my Apple um, and have it ding for you to say, I got to get back to listening to this. So with that, see ya. Well, as I said before, this is a wrap. Hey, thank you so much for following me. And if you really, really want to make things better and help me get the word out, please go like this wherever you're listening to your podcast. Follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. All of that's in the show notes. And for doing that, go to my website and click on the uh, network and you'll be able to get some free gifts that will help you figure out how to be the best leader that you can be. As I always say, if you like it, share it. If you don't like it, share it, because I guarantee it will definitely help you become the most remarkable leader you can be.